What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help your company grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social or you need some help, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation. They'll be able to help you out. Cool. All right. Today on the show, I got Grant Ho. He is the CMO at CloudBolt Software. This is a, a cool conversation, especially for anyone who's aspiring to sit you know, in that CMO chair one day at their company. We get into the importance of understanding revenue and how your metrics are really tied to your result, but then also how to balance that with having the guts to hit publish and having the guts to have a voice really for your brand. I loved it. Grant brings a wealth of knowledge to the interview and I learned something new. So I'm happy I get to share it with y'all. All right, sit back and enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I have the CMO of CloudBolt Software, Grant Ho, joining me on the show. Grant, how you doing? Good, Jordan. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad. Uh, one, I got to tell the world, Grant was very accommodating. I had a last-minute schedule change, and he was very accommodating, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Grant, Tell us, man, how did you get to where you're at? How did this all come to be to now being the CMO at, uh, at CloudVault? Sure. No, happy uh, happy to do that. And again, thanks for having me your podcast, Jordan. Um, yeah, just a little bit about myself. You know, kind of before arriving at CloudVault Software, right, I kind of rewind back a bit. Um, you know, start my career as um, as an engineer, you know, kind of an engineer by trade, electrical engineering. So I've always had this kind of penchant for, um, you know, very kind of technical concepts, you know, really kind of geeking out with technology, geeking out with math. So I think maybe part of, the whole marketing journey is really kind of using numbers to understand just from at least that background, just like solving problems, right? And I think marketing to a large degree is solving problems. And as you become more of a marketer, solving customer problems, understanding their pain. So I've always sort of had that in my background. You know, after kind of doing engineering for a while, you know, went to business school, got the business degree and, and started off my marketing career first in product marketing. I would say maybe that's my second phase. As I got there with that kind of business background of you know, solving, you know, the mass, solving the problems, the, the product marketing aspect, it was, it was really around kind of understanding customers deeply, understanding their pains and challenges, and then trying to match together you know, value against those pains. So I think what I learned there was, you know, how to, you know, ask questions about customers, unlock and understand kind of where their, their journeys are, what's, what's troubling them. And then as a product marker, it's about, you know, helping, you know, find that differentiated way, I guess, right, and creating stories in order to match their pain to your solution. So really learn to become more of a storyteller, I guess. That's probably my second phase. And then the third phase through, you know, after that, as a product marketer, really kind of expanded the world to get very close to revenue. And that was all around, you know, the world of demand generation. So that's probably what I'm most excited about today. You know, marketing is, is very close to sales. You have to learn the sales lingo. You have to think about building pipeline. You got to think about your contributions because it's such a science. There's so many different things to do. But what are you doing every day in marketing to really help kind of grow that pipeline and build the lead? So you know, learn from a lot of great teams and through a lot of learning, but how to do that through, um, you know, a lot of the digital marketing techniques today. So I think that's kind of the journey, right? Some strong business analysis, product marketing through messaging, and then demand generation. Those three aspects have, uh, you know, afforded me ability to actually take on my second, you know, head of marketing role. So at Cloudable Software, I run all of marketing from a global perspective, very exciting cloud-based company. And then before that, I also ran it for a uh, another Boston-based technology company called Network, sorry, called NetBrain Technologies. And that was the uh, the network automation space. 
Very cool. You said two things that I really like. One is learning how to tell stories that present solutions to potential customer problems. Right. Not just telling stories for the sake of it, because we hear about, oh, brand storytelling, brand storytelling. But when we actually dig deeper and we have to go, okay, the story is what people are going to remember. That story right. could be a case study. It could be through a blog post, whatever it may be. But to illustrate that problem and the solutions and how that company and your company in that case can help do that. And the second right. part that I really like, and we touched a little bit before we started recording, but understanding demand generation and understanding right. how sales and marketing are going to interact and evolve with each other and how they are so incorporated and how this marketing activity that we're doing, whether mm -hmm. it's working with an affiliate, running an ad campaign, doing organic SEO, PPC, yep. whatever that may be, how does that actually affect revenue? It's something right. that, at least in my experience, I've seen it can get glossed over. You know, marketing purists are all about the content yep. and the creative. But I think that demand generation is really right. rounding that up and bringing that strategy kind of back full circle. Now, what does CloudBolt software do? Because this will kind of preface my my next question. Sure, sure. Yeah. So we're a uh, so we're a software company, and we focus on uh, developing cloud management solutions for enterprise customers. So. You know, at a very high level, if you think of enterprise and enterprise IT, a lot of them are investing in cloud-based technologies today. As they go more to cloud, they have a lot of different cloud-based challenges. That could be security, that could be cost management, that could be getting visibility into the cloud. We develop a suite of solutions that help them meet their security, their cost, and their automation challenges in the cloud. Awesome. And so now I want to bring that back, right? So your position now as the CMO, I want to talk about blending both that storytelling, but also right. tying that to demand generation and particularly to your niche, right? Which your niche is very technical. People you're selling to are, right. are going to have an advanced understanding of why they need to do this. So talk right. to me about blending, you know, that storytelling and creative, but also having really the technical analysis of these ad campaigns and how they're performing. How do you yeah. approach that creative versus technical marketing? No, I think it's a really good question, Joy. I think you're absolutely spot on that they are very much, you know, no two peas in the pod. And if I were to maybe just, you know, speak about each one at length a little bit, you know, first on the storytelling. Yeah, the storytelling is, it is challenging, right? I think the genesis, the way we think and the way I think about storytelling first is to, before you can really tell the story, it's, it's about this own kind of internal education that does take time to really understand your customer. It really takes time to understand the market you're in. It takes time to understand the competitive forces. And then I think it also takes a certain leap of faith based on that to understand where the market's going. So before we can even kind of tell the story of the market and the customer, you know, a large part of what, what I do and my team does is really spend time first understanding the current state, right? So that's where, you know, your classic market research comes in. That's where very tactical, you know, activities of getting on customer calls, getting on prospect demos to really hear what their problems are can help shape and guide that. So I, I really think that's a very important, you know, upfront part of the um, storytelling process. It's really that research. You can really begin to understand really the problem statement, right? And then I think once you have the problem statement defined and you, you know, that's how we think about it, then you have your solutions. You can then do a little bit of a matching process. So if you understand the customer, you understand the competitive dynamics, and based on that, you can have a view toward where you think the market's going. Now you can start to tell the story. 
And then when we started to tell the story, I think of it as kind of a hopefully a pretty easy to explain process. But, you know, I think of telling stories as, you know, who do I want to tell it to, right? Who do I want to convince of this, right? And it's the market. It's the analysts. It's your customers. It's your prospects. And I always start to think of the story as follows. Like, you know the market you're in. There's a certain bunch of problems there, right? Because you've done the research to do that. That's step one. And then step two, when you have the problems, you have to be able to convince people that those problems have some kind of quantifiable or financial pain. So that's step two. So how big is that, right? And, and why does it really hurt? And then step three is, you know, if you have those problems and those problems have this quantifiable pain, step three is, you know, why will those problems get even worse? That's kind of that leap of faith, right? What do we think is going to make those problems intensify in the future? So I think if we can lay those three things up, the problem, the quantification and why they will get worse. Now you're creating this kind of energy underneath to say, wow, we've got to go solve this. There has to be a compelling reason to solve this. And then hopefully that leads to a good step four, which is, well, that's where we come into the picture or that's where a vendor comes into the picture. This is our vision for solving that. This is the benefits we deliver. And probably the most important thing, this is why you should think about us at the end of the day, how we're different. And again, that goes back to the research, right? That goes back to understanding your competition of how you differentiate. So that arc I just presented, right, of all the problems and why they will get worse, why you should think about us, why we're better. And then you, you finish it off with, and don't just trust us. Think about all the social proof. Look at the voice of our customer. Look at the voice of our prospects. That's kind of the arc that I think about when it comes to storytelling. And, and it seems to work pretty well because it gets to both the pain and it gets to both the resolution, right? In a, what I feel to be in six to seven clear steps. So it's complex. Oh, sorry. So it's not complex, but um, it tells that story. So maybe if, if that helps, Jordan, maybe that's kind of the story arc I like to think about in telling that story. I love it. And, you know, it's one of those things, right when you said leap of faith, I wrote down, you know, leaps of faith come from hours of research. And right. the elaboration is fantastic because all of those things, setting up a persona, then understanding, right. okay, what is the financial pain or the time pain that your customer right. is feeling and how can you alleviate that? Yep. And I remember hearing a salesman once, he was doing a, a call and I happened to be in the room while he was doing training and he was selling teleconferencing. And, you know, trying to get somebody to switch mm -hmm. from teleconferencer to teleconferencing, there was not a lot of financial pain. But he then he said a story about how he was waiting in the emergency room and he had his pinky toe was broken. And he kept felt, you know, it's just one of those things he kept yeah. putting off and putting off and putting off. But then once he finally went and like got it dealt with, it's like, oh, his life got so much better, but it yeah. was only his pinky toe. And then how, you know, his service, then he equivocated it to it's the pinky toe, right? And for whatever reason, right. I was very young and that stuck with me. But it's so true that so many things you can take these stories and help articulate these pain points for your customers and get them to go, aha. Right. Yeah. And it, just to add on to that, I think, um, you know, at least in the space we're in and, you know, I've been in B2B soft for many, many years, right? A large part of our job, again, just to stay on the storytelling thread, it, it is about cutting through the noise, right? Because there's a lot of you could argue, right? Like any website, any piece of collateral that's out there, you just put different vendor names, they all sort of start to sound the same. So at least in my experience, the effort of that marketer to storytell is that arc. But if you really had to focus on areas that are so important, the differentiation is important and making that simple because that can help cut through the noise. And I think, I think largely we all understand that. But then the challenging part, which is scary, but exciting and needed is the leap of faith. So the articulation of that vision and if you believe the market's going to go there based on your research and you believe the market will go there because that's where the pain gets intensified, are you willing then to 
stake that claim? And are you willing to tell that story? And I feel if you can tell the differentiation story, plus the leap of faith story, you elevate your storytelling, and most importantly, cut through the noise in your industry. So it can be scary, right? Because when you sometimes take a leap of faith, then like, you know, there's a criticism comes in, does this really make sense? But that's where the research, the vetting, and that confidence begins to come in that you have to take that if you want to tell a great story. 100%, you have to be, this is that, this is the part that I think you got to throw the data to the wayside at this point and say, press publish. Right. <laughs> Pressing publish doesn't come down to data. That's courage. And that's going, that's right. okay, I'm going to open myself yeah. up to this <laughs> potential criticism. Ain't no yes. data signal in the world that will prepare your ego for that, right? <laughs> um, right. You speak like just one of my favorite markers. I'm sure we both know Seth Godin, right? He always says the, the, the thing you've got to do the most, just ship at the end of the day, right? Just ship. It's okay, right? You dance with the fear at the end of the day. That's how I like to think. That's how I challenge my team every day. Because marketing, maybe getting to your second point, but demand gen, right? I mean, yeah, everything's very digital now. Marketing's got a lot of things they can measure. A lot of things, right? And you can get to analysis process, right? And you can measure things which are very comfortable to you that really look good maybe to a board and, and make you feel better at the end of the day. And we know all those are vanity metrics, but there's only a few things that are probably really important. And your question, right, just on the, the demand generation, yeah, that is really around getting you know very clear. And the way I like to think about it, you know, with the sales teams, and again, I think, at least from my experience, coming from sort of that business case, kind of financial driven side of things is really start backwards, right? And sales, marketing, finance with your CEO, right? With your board, there are very clear revenue goals or booking goals. And then you work backwards to really understand the funnel, right? That's seen a lot of markets. They start from the front and try to build towards something we're not clear about. But I think getting locked on the back from bookings back to opportunities, opportunities to meetings, meetings to leads and working that way can help you get the clarity. And then I think you build... um. You know, number one, a partnership with the field team, but then more importantly, clarity with the field team in terms of the contribution and the responsibility of marketing and sales. So they're both and we're both rowing in the same direction to get to a common goal. Right. So I think it establishes that clarity. This is such an understated part of being a, you know, a marketing manager upward to the CMO and, and CEO position is telling your internal story to right. get people all stepping in the same direction so that customer service is telling the same story that sales is telling, that marketing is telling. And then the fourth one yep. that nobody ever thinks about, this all translates down so that your customer goes out and retells that story, right? So what was yes. the trigger? What was the psychological trigger that caused that customer to go retell that story? We all know certain stories, right? They stick with us, whether it's Troy, Helena of Troy, or David versus Goliath. And it's because mm. these stories have lessons baked into them that can then forewarn other people, right? right. Or, or give this lesson. And if we can yep. enable our customer service, our sales, our marketing, the customer by proxy or will directly be affected is, is going to understand and be able to retell that story. And I think That's that right. it's just so pivotal because if they start retelling it, the last, that, that one objective that we talked about, revenue is going to increase. If they're out there telling that story, if it's the positive That's and right, right. story, <laughs> if it's the train wreck story, yep. we don't want that one being told. Now, I think that you hit the nail on the head with setting your objective and then working backwards and saying, where does our marketing fit in? Right. If we draw out, what is the OKR? Where are we going with it? And how do we work yep. backwards? Now, for somebody who is just starting out, right? Say you get the first day into that mm -hmm. CMO role. 
and you have to go right. and pitch and talk to your CEO and say, hey, I want to do all of these things, right? How would you suggest right. that they broach you know, the topic of doing this creative campaign with the CEO? Is it purely based on data? Are you relying on experience? Are you relying on market trends? How would you walk in you know, yeah. That, yeah, that first day and really paint that picture for a CEO? The first 90-day priorities of a CMO, or is it more around like how to build campaigns with the CEO? Or is it- yeah, I guess just how if, if you want to come in and particularly in yeah. environments that are very financially driven. So say somebody's working at you know yeah. a mortgage company or a bank yeah. and they want to do something that's outside of the like demand gen, everything is directly re- has ROI attached to it. They want to do something that's a little right. bit on that creative side. How would you go about yep. arti- you know, talking about the importance of that yeah, to the CEO, yeah. to, 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 yeah. to get an so organization I, I, to buy yeah. in? Yeah, to, to buy into, you're saying to not necessarily all of the kind of the, the dollars and cents aspects of marketing, you're more of like the creative and the storytelling. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, right? I mean, you really have to, I think as a CMO, put yourselves in the lens of what the CEO cares about and what the board cares about. And to a large degree, what the CFO cares about. And they do have to align to the business objective of the company. So, you know, the CEOs I've worked for, right? And the boards I've worked for, right? It's, yeah, you're thinking about revenue, you're thinking about share, you're thinking about EBITDA. And what does that really mean? So the closest impact that marketing has to drive, you know, through the lens of the CEO and the CFO is driving revenue, right? And there's got to be many different ways to do that. But we have to start with that as a fundamental factor. I think there are very direct ways in doing that, right? So the most direct way is obviously demand generation, looking at historical programs, looking at what worked, doubling down on those programs, having gut from other jobs or other positions that you tried that you know work, trying it. I like to always try things rapidly on a two-week sprint. So you get data, you test, you tweak, and you upgrade, or you completely get rid of programs. But knowing what work doubling down, trying rapid two-week sprints so you can see progress over a quarter, I think that's important. So I think you got to think of it from that lens. I think number two, there are some harder things that, yeah, for that are maybe not as directly contributing to revenue, but you have to look at indirect factors that, that can help convince a, you know, convince a, um, a CEO of, of the importance. And they're much more lagging in factors, right? So for instance, I think PR and AR, right? Some CEOs would say, why? Why are we doing a lot of PR? Why are we doing a lot of AR? I don't see the demand right away. But then we have to be creative and think about, okay, you're talking to enterprise buyers. They talk to Gartner. They talk to a, an IDC or Forrester. Are we looking at the rate at which you know their analyst inquiries are coming? Do we believe that the voice of one of these analysts is so powerful given their customer base that it is well worth two or three quarters of spending time with them to get a return at the end where they're really reaching out to your key clients. So it's, I guess in that sense, it is really working to with the CEO and CFO saying, we're investing deeply in some of these things that don't derive immediate revenue right now, but the buildup of the programs of what they provide is going to be important later. So I think think having that conversation is, is important. And then I think the third aspect, in addition to demand, like hardcore demand, in addition to influencers, what we kind of just talked about, I do think it's brand at the end of the day. And that can be a very fluffy concept. Like I get it, right? It's very hard to kind of measure brand. I think good CMOs, right? We always have to start with the baseline of what we have, right? What is clear our brand awareness? And we got to set goals, right? In six months, in a year, what do we expect our brand awareness? What do we expect our share of ways to go? So we got, you got to do the hard work. You take a survey and take another snapshot. I think there's some other indirect ways of understanding that. 
You can look at digital ways like looking at organic traffic. You can look at organic conversions. I mean, those are all really good leading indicators. But I think at the end of the day, there is a gut instinct on brand two that I think CMOs should, should with the support of CEOs, really think about because in this, and what I mean by gut is a large part of kind of that storytelling, just to get back to that point, is around is around the emotions that you want your customers to take action, that the emotion that you want to express and have your prospects react to. Very hard to quantify, but at sometimes you have a gut sense those things will work. Again, getting back to our leap of faith, at some sense, you know that logic can lead to a lot of conclusion by enterprise buyers. But the emotion you have is probably going to get them to act at the end of the day. And it takes some really good guts to do that with a great design team, great creative director and testing concepts. But that aspect of brand, if you come with it and you try it, I think that's also something that, you know, a good CMO CEO partnership who can see that can help as well. And I think CMOs and, you know, sometimes we underappreciate the value of that because we focus so hard on the demand gen and the metrics, which are absolutely critical. But that emotive element and that element around that emotion that we're trying to bring out with brand um, does make a difference because it does cut through the noise, you know, men of the markets that, you know, the, at least I'm in. It's so crucial. And like you said, it's easy to get wrapped up into the logical side of it, right? And then right. realizing though, if, and what I believe it comes down to is buy-in and just getting buy-in both ways of like your CEO is bought in and then your team is also bought in and you're all, you know, bought in towards the idea that you're trying to sell and the emotion that you're trying yeah. to sell. I forget who said it, who said, if you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream, like taking this stance and having a position yeah. and going out and saying, okay, yep. we're going to do this. And I have my hunch, you know, and I, we have it. Yes. It's, you know, a hunch in quotes. It's really, we have X amount of years experience selling to consumers and, and ingesting media to know, hey, this is going to make our consumers, yep. we think, feel a certain way and have a certain brand sentiment. And I think that's so, that's right. it's so important. And it's this weird juxtaposition where of the times where right now we have the most data ever provided to us. And then we right. have this, that's right. at the same time, it's so hard to quantify the emotive part, which you talked, right? Which we talk about. And it's like, so you're sitting there yeah. going, okay, why do I like Nike more than Adidas? Right. And why does somebody like right. Cloudbot software over some other competitor? And it could come down to something as simple as, right. well, they had a great conversation with your salesperson. That's right. We forget that sometimes, you know? It's not easy. Yeah. It is a combination of the data and it's a combination of the gut, right? And it's the combination of, and I think those two things lead to a certain courage, right? That you have to be able to have. And that's why, you know, as a Mark, I would say, you can always be pretty mediocre at the end of the day and not stand for anything and be pretty safe, right? Or you can get a couple singles, which is good, right? And you'll move the needle a little bit. But if you want to try to get a triple home run, right? You got to take some of those risks, right? But when you take the risk, that's why I think those cycles are important. That's why the measurement quarterly, you know, execution in, in every you know two week sprints, measurements and maybe you know quarterly sprints then you review that and you have to be very maniacal about doing that right so then you can pivot very very quickly right and that's based on the on the data that you have right that's based on your sentiment so again it's the hard work of right asking again and again customers what's what's really working for the message what and asking even the other question what what just does not work right and having the courage to hear that feedback and accept that feedback right not hearing just the good things at the end of the day but the stuff that you don't want to hear because that's the most important thing you got to hear, right? 
And I think that's important, right? And we can't lose sight of that. 100%. And I like that idea too of having guts, right? And have have guts and then le- like lead with your gut and then follow and adjust with the data and do that right. in two weeks, every two weeks, because yeah. then you're able to realign really quickly, right? That's right. And that, that's so powerful. Grant, before I let you go, I do want to let you give a shout out to Cloud bot software, let people know where they can find out more, more about the company and connect with you online. Sure. Awesome. No, definitely. So you can uh, learn more about CloudBolt software, www.cloudbolt.io. So uh, feel free to go there. And uh, yeah, you can find me online. You know, LinkedIn's probably the easiest. Grant Ho, if you want to reach out. Yeah, more than happy to share my experiences and wherever I can be helpful. You know, marketing, I always think it's a small community. We're all going through the same challenges, but most important, we're all learning from each other. I think that's really important. There's a lot of great war stories out there from many different marketers. I, I love to learn from others, right? And certainly share experiences, you know, and where I can be most helpful. So happy to be a, a, a friend wherever I can and, and, and be helpful in that, those situations. Awesome. And everybody listening, I will put links to CloudBolt Software's website and Grant's LinkedIn in the show notes page. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, just go down, click that link, and you'll be able to check out what they're doing and connect with Grant. Grant, thanks so much, man, for coming on today. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.